Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. This episode of Rank Amateur will be featuring the US Navy Tier 9 Tech Tree Heavy Cruiser USS Buffalo. But before we get into the USS Buffalo, let's go over the news. And there hasn't been a whole lot of news coming out, I guess, more than last time. So the first part of the news is obviously the um, Italian battleships are out. They've been out for a little while now. Um, and now there is a new Italian destroyer. I don't know how to pronounce its name. I think Leon um, or Leone or I don't know. Um, but it is an Italian destroyer, and it's got a lot of guns, but they all have a slow reload, and it has four torpedoes. Uh, seems like kind of a, a down-tiered, or it's an up-tier from the Ohotnik, but it seems like it's a, a smaller version of an Ohotnik. Um, so I don't know how many people are gonna actually buy that. It doesn't seem to appeal to me too much, but I guess... Maybe if you're into Italian destroyers and you haven't gotten Apollo Emilio yet, and uh, I guess you can get this. This is not really going to play a whole lot like Apollo Emilio, though. So I guess I haven't checked out Little White Mouse's review of it yet, or uh, and I haven't really looked at um, its specifications. So it could be a very good ship. You never know. Um, it's definitely worth checking it out. I have never seen one of these in battle, though, yet, so... Doesn't look like it's a huge hit, at least yet. And then the next part of news is that visual or updated visual effects is um, coming right upon us, and uh, that's going to be in 10.2. And boy, do most of these effects look very, very nice. It's um, I think the reason why they're updating uh, these effects is because they got rid of the support for the Mac OS, so now they don't have to like throttle their visual effects, so I think this is going to be the first of many visual effect updates that we're going to see. Um, they're adding new hit uh, animations for Citadel hits and ricochets and all sorts of stuff, and then you got new shell splashes, so when your shells hit the water, um, it looks much more realistic. The shells don't shoot columns of water that go hundreds of feet in the air, or at least it seems like hundreds of feet in the air. Uh, the fire animations are uh, much cooler. Uh, they actually take the ship's speed into account now, so if you're going at a really high speed, the smoke's going to be really flat, and it's not going to go super high in the air. But if you're going at a low speed, it'll, uh, the smoke will rise in a higher air or higher smoke column. Um, and they're also adding new animations for uh, destroyed modules. So if you have a main turret that's out, actually, there's actually like a smoldering effect now on them. And uh, they're adding new island hit markers, uh, so your armor-piercing shells will not cause a huge amount of explosion like your high-explosive shells do. Same with the sap ones. The armor-piercing and the sap shells will just kind of make a little puff of dirt. And they're adding new animations for anti-aircraft guns, and I think we've been waiting on this for a while now. The anti-aircraft guns will track the aircraft now, and they will have muzzle flashes and things like that. 
Uh, new tracers for anti-aircraft guns look much, much more realistic. Uh, new aircraft animations for when your aircraft gets shot down. Uh, new flak animations, too. They look way better. Uh, there's new animations for uh, hydroacoustic search, damage repair, damage control, and uh, defensive anti-aircraft fire. Uh, the hydroacoustic search will send actual kind of like beam-looking thing of water, or uh, like a beam-looking thing when you activate it. So every time the sound comes out, you actually see like a little sound beam go out into the water. It's really neat looking. The uh, damage uh, control party, they have like a, like a bunch of lights will go off and then your uh, fires and stuff will be put out as usual. Damage repair, you'll see welding and stuff like that along your ship. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, they have a main battery reload booster um, update for its visual effects, and uh, it doesn't really look too much different. I guess it does have a bit of a bigger explosion when it comes out of the barrel of your gun. Uh, and they have updated the effect of when your ship gets hit by a torpedo. There's not just water that rises up in the air. There's also some dust that comes up, and obviously still water. Your uh, ship is supposed to... Um, Oh, and it's supposed to flame up a little bit, supposedly. And they've updated the animation for uh, ship destruction. It's a lot more intense than it used to be. Um, and they've also updated the columns of smoke coming out of your smokestacks. Uh, they are, rather than just kind of being generic and not really taking your ship's speed into account, um, they like when you're at high speed, It you can definitely tell you're at high speed more. It just makes your ship speed clear. They've updated the effect for the um, engine boost consumable, making the smoke way thicker. Uh, they've updated the damaged engine effect, making that look uh, more pronounced so you can tell when someone's engine's out, which is nice because sometimes it's a little hard to tell when you're at long range. And that is... Uh, they said there's some more visual effects coming soon, but that's the ones that they're going to introduce in 10.2. Um, next little bit of news is, uh, the fact that they are saying they are going to change Deadeye. Uh, they haven't specified what exactly they're going to change about Deadeye, but, uh, they said they're opening a study into the effects of Deadeye on the game, and they will, uh, have a more detailed report of what they found and what they think they're going to change at the end of the month. Um, how about just get rid of it? Like... I think any monkey can figure out that this. You need to change something about it. There's no doubt about it. You had this. That singular skill has screwed up the game. Now, in principle, it really shouldn't have screwed up the game that much, but it's the mindset of the player base that has, I guess, made it kind of go berserk. So now we need to have this skill removed, or at least uh, nerfed heavily. So that not as many people are just staying at the A lines and stuff like that. Just sniping from 20 plus kilometers away where majority of the cruisers can't even hit them. But they can get hit by shells. Uh, it's always fun when you're in your buffalo having a decent game. And then some thunder comes up from like, a th like what seems to be like the moon and shoots you. And I must have been a triple citadel just... Full health to no health. I was like, well, that is a balanced game. This is this is really fun and engaging gameplay when I get shot by something that's literally outside my... Or almost outside of my view range. Yeah, so, anyways. Back to the next 
portion of news and that's gonna they're gonna do a leprechaun event so this is kind of like the turkey shoot that they do every thanksgiving essentially uh people sign up to be leprechauns and people shoot them and if you shoot them and sink them you get rewards like camouflages and a commemorative flag and stuff and um the people who sign up to be leprechauns can get rewards based on how many um battles they play uh, you can earn some Italian battleship containers, uh, depending on how many battles you play as a leprechaun. And, uh, yeah, so that should be fun. Uh, I look forward to shooting leprechauns. I don't think I'm going to be a leprechaun because I don't have the time to play that many battles. And uh, there is a new cruiser in the armory. This is Gorzia. Um, it's an Italian Tier 7 cruiser. And it is one of the, actually, it is the only Italian cruiser that has hydroacoustic hydro search, excuse me. And it pays for that in the fact that it doesn't have torpedoes. So, um, Italian cruiser without torpedoes, that's interesting. But it does have that exhaust smokescreen generator, and it has a reduced cooldown. Now, some of you may know this, but the Gorizia is not a new ship. I believe it was, um taken out of the premium shop for a little bit, maybe. I guess I don't often check the premium shop. Um, and now it is back in the armory for a few thousand bloons. I want to say close to 6,000 bloons, maybe a bit more than that. But it uh, seems to be overall kind of a nice cruiser, maybe a nice introduction to the Italian cruisers. Um, and... Uh, Worth checking out for sure. It does seem to be quite a good cruiser, and I can imagine you could surprise someone in their smokescreen when they're just sitting there undetected, and you pop your hydroacoustic search, and all of a sudden they're spotted. But wait, that's a Carizia. That's Italian. Yeah, it's Italian, and it has its hydroacoustic search. So a uh, bit cheeky there, but um, should be a fun ship to play. And now we go on to the final piece of news, and that's the Pi Day mission. Um, by the time that this comes out, I think it might be over, but, well, let's mention it anyways. So, uh, today is Pi Day 3.14, and that is, Pi is the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter is a non-repeating, non-terminating number, so it's ca called an irrational number, for those of you who maybe aren't uh, as strong in math. And, um, they are celebrating this by, uh, observing Pi Day. It, with uh, some emissions where if you get 314,000 damage over any number of battles to enemy ships in tiers 5 to 10 in any ranked uh, random co-op or scenario battle, they will award you um, five, I think. Yeah, five Happy Pi Day camouflages. Or if you get uh, 314 main battery hit ribbons with Italian ships tiers 5 to 10, in random ranked co-op or scenario battles, you will be able to claim that same reward. So, I bet some of you have already participated in that. I was participating in that. I think I might have gotten close to getting that, but I kind of ran out of time to play on Saturday. So, or no, that was Friday. Anyways, since we didn't get any listener mail, that is it for this section of the episode on USS Baltimore. Anyways, we will be back with the specifications of USS Baltimore in a second, right after the break. So I would like to apologize to those of you who are maybe expecting another historical uh, ship in this podcast, but I was going to do the North Carolina, which is a very much historical ship. It still exists today. You can visit, in, you can visit it in Wilmington, North Carolina, I think. 
Is that... Is, I think that's where it is, yeah. Um, but I still really kind of haven't figured out how to play that ship successfully, so I can't provide good advice on how to use it. So maybe next episode we'll do a podcast on it, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I have been playing the Buffalo a lot recently, because I'm really dying to get to that Des Moines, and uh, it's not that great, really. It's it should be a Baltimore on steroids, and it kind of is, but not really. I mean, that's what it was designed as, this uh, project, Project CA-B, which was a real project that the U.S. Navy did. I've seen, I've actually looked up documents in the U.S. Naval archives, and they are real hand-drawn things. It's dated, what, 1942, I think? And basically, what the U.S. Navy was thinking, they were like, okay, so we got this really successful Baltimore design, but how can we improve it? Any ideas? And people are starting to think. And then there's uh, Cletus over here. He's like, I got an idea. How about if we just take one of them turrets and we just slap it on the back and like duct tape it down to the fan tail of the ship there. It'll fire way better. It'll be totally improved ship because it's got three more guns. And it's going to be huge. You're going to see this ship from the moon. And then the director's like, okay, well, you make a drawing of it. So he scribbles it down on a napkin and then has his design. And then the smart dude who actually has a mechanical inclinations, like, well, how about we just make the guns fire faster? And like, that's actually a really good idea. So they came up with the Des Moines, never built the Buffalo. So that is why we have the Des Moines in real life and not the Buffalo, because the Buffalo is ginormous. And uh, we'll get into that in a second, but we'll go over its uh, specifications first. And we'll start with its hit points. It has 42,500 hit points base. Now, I'm going to go over everything base, just to give you an idea of what you, when you buy this ship, what you're going to be up against. Uh, it does have those 203mm, 55 caliber Mark 15 guns in... Um, four turrets of three guns each so you got 12 guns total like i said just a bigger baltimore uh the reload time is 12 seconds uh 180 degree turn time is 30 seconds your firing range is an absolute abysmal 14 kilometers abysmal that is the worst range at tier 9 and i yeah I th i'm like 90% sure that's the worst range at tier 9 base. It's terrible. So the maximum dispersion is 140 meters at 14 kilometers. So it is a bit on the inaccurate side, but oh well. It doesn't seem, I think the stigma is still pretty good though, so I don't notice any wonky groupings. It's just normally sometimes you'll be aiming somewhere and completely miss even though you aimed okay. Uh, the HE shells a 203 mil HEHC. Uh, Mark 25 shell, uh, maximum HE damage is 2,800 for shell. Uh, fire chance of, on target caused by HE shell is 14%, which I believe is pretty good, um, especially for only a 12-second reload. Uh, but it's it's not uh, super great. I don't notice a whole lot of fires being started. Uh, initial HE shell velocity is not bad at 823 meters a second. It's certainly not fast. Um, HE shell weight is 118 kilograms. AP shell is a 203 millimeter uh, AP Mark 21 shell. Maximum AP shell damage is 5,000 damage. Uh, initial AP shell velocity is a slow 762 meters a second. AP shell weight is 152 kilograms. 
Uh, secondary armament is also part of the anti-aircraft armament. You got those dual-purpose 127 mil uh, guns, uh, 38 caliber Mark 12 guns on a Mark 32 mount. You got six of those turrets, and there's two guns each. So you got 12 guns. Um, they're they're not great. I mean, they do have a decent range actually, which is kind of funny. Uh, 6.95 kilometers. Uh, they have a reload time of six seconds. Uh, maximum HE shell damage is your standard 1800 damage. The velocity is 792 meters a second, and chance of fire is 5%. Uh, it's not, they're not bad, but I wouldn't really spec into it too much, because there are only six of them. Um, which means you can only fire a maximum of four mounts on a side, which, uh, even with, yeah, it's not super great. Anyways, um, AA defense, uh, I can tell you it's pretty good. Um, not gonna be, shooting you're not going to stop an attack but you definitely make them pay for it pretty bad um if you, i'd imagine if you spec into it more you'd have more success obviously but um i don't think you're ever going to be just murdering squadrons with this well we'll see if they uh change the a mechanics like ever but um yeah i against tier a carriers you'll do pretty well against tier 10 carriers they're just gonna you know drop their bombs and leave <laughs> Uh, and it leave you on fire, sometimes crippled, sometimes nuked. You never know. Definitely spotted, though. Maximum speed is 33 knots. Uh, turning circle radius is 800 meters. Rudder shift time is 15.7 seconds. Yes, you heard it right. 15.7 seconds. The Thunderer has a fifth, or no, I believe it has a 10 second rudder shift time base. Um, and that is. Uh, that goes down to 11.2 seconds if you mount that second hull on it, but that second hull is an additional 3 million credits, uh, to its 13,600,000 credit price tag, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, fairly expensive to get a decent rudder shift time. My North Carolina has that rudder shift time. Actually, I think it has a better rudder shift time than that. I think it's around 12 seconds for my North Carolina, yeah. So you're not going to be dodging anything. In this with the base hull. Just forget it. You're not dodging anything. Uh, surface detectability range is uh, pretty respectable. Well, it's 13.62 kilometers. I think that's about middle of the road. Air detectability range is 8 kilometers. Um, with Concealment Expert, you can get this down to 10.1 kilometers. So it's not the stealthiest of cruisers, but it certainly isn't like an Henri IV where you can see it from low Earth orbit. Um, it is a big ship, though. I really can't emphasize it enough how huge this ship is but well, let's get into how i have my ship set up and we'll be going over my modules first and i have a very um i guess kind of meme worthy uh setup it's a very un-american setup on my uh american cruiser the buffalo so first we're going with our standard main armaments modification one that first slot there is really no reason to go with any other um modifications uh, then we're going to go with our damage control system uh, modification one in your second slot. And then uh, for your third slot, um, you can go between main battery modification two, which is going to reduce your turret traverse, or aiming systems mod one. And uh, that goes either way. Um, I personally like my turrets to get around way faster. And that, with that module, I think that gets me a turret traverse of, 
Oh boy, I'm blind now. Uh, 26.1 seconds rather than your standard 30 seconds. Um, and then now this is where I start to kind of um, deviate from the normal U.S. Navy cruiser setup. And my deviation is taking steering gears modification rather than propulsion modification. Now you could go with your normal um, Baltimore setup and take your propulsion modification one so you can kind of pop in and out from behind islands and stuff easier. But um, that's not how I play this ship, so that's we're going to go with steering gears to get that abysmal rudder shift time down to something acceptable. And that goes for my, um, uh, for my other modifications, too, in these fifth slot. Yes, I can count. Uh, in the fifth slot, I did not take concealment systems, or actually I did start taking concealment systems when I was first playing the ship. I have since switched. You can take that if you want to kind of be cheeky and go in islands. This thing cannot stealth radar like the buff or the Baltimore can. I am taking steering gears modification too, and that reduces your rudder shift time by 40% and your repair time by 80%. Um, yeah, so that's going to take your uh, rudder shift time down even further. And then... Um, for my 4th um, slot, I was going to take the Gunfire Control Systems modification 2, but I kind of ran out of money, um, and so I had to stick with my original setup of reducing the reload time and uh, with main battery modification 3. That's going to reduce your reload time by 12%, but increase your main battery traverse or speed, or decrease your main battery traverse speed, increase your main battery traverse time by 13%. So, um, yeah, that, but I don't really notice too much of a difference. It's, I've already got it reduced from its base. Um, I do not take auxiliary ar mod armaments modification too, because I'm not going for the full AA build. And I will tell you why I'm taking uh, this these uh, upgrades later on. I wish I could take Gunfire Control System Mod 2 for that extra range, but I guess it is still kind of nice having my 10.6 second reload. Uh, as for Captain Skills, so I have Expert, or Gun Feeder now, it used to be Expert Loader, I'm pretty sure, uh, and that reduces your time taken uh, to switch shell type when all your guns are loaded by 50%. Uh, grease the Gears, so that's going to increase your main battery traverse speed by 15%. Um... So those are my uh, one-point skills. My second point, or my two-point skill, my only one is priority target. That is essential for a cruiser like this, and especially its gameplay that I'm going to tell you about. Hold, hold on, I'm getting to that part. Um, and then I have heavy AP shells, which is going to increase the damage of your AP shells with a main battery caliber of 190 millimeters and above by 5%. Uh, since you're firing a lot of armor-piercing with the U.S. Navy heavy cruisers, I recommend that. Uh, by the way, this is a 14-point captain. Um, and then I took Adrenaline Rush, which is going to reduce your reload time uh, by 0.2% for every 1% of HP uh, lost. Uh, and then I took Concealment Experts, uh, which is going to reduce your detection by 10% because it's really the only four point skill that you absolutely need. Uh, you'll notice that top grade gunner is highlighted as being a recommended skill. Eh, mm, not really. I guess when, eh, when there's a visible enemy ship within 10 kilometers or so, uh, the top grade gunner could be useful, but yeah, I think adrenaline rush pretty much is better than it. Uh, I could see that radio location would be useful. And for this ship, I will be showing you my consumables layout. 
So uh, by default, it has defensive AA fire and radar, uh, or surveillance radar equipped. I do not have any of those equipped. I have hydroacoustic search because I think that defensive AA is kind of useless on a heavy cruiser. On a light cruiser, it is much, much more useful because 300% uh, of something that's already a large number is a very large number. So you will find that you will be shooting down a lot of planes. Um, I have a spotting aircraft equipped in my slot for the surveillance radar. Yes, this is a meme build for the Buffalo, and it is the best build, even though it is the meme build. Um, anybody who equips a fighter instead of a spotting aircraft or a surveillance radar does not know how to play uh, World of Warships. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay, calm down, but that is not the optimal build. <laughs> All right, so... A uh, bit of a story. So I first got the ship, uh, you know, equipped all my concealment, uh, or actually just basically the build that I had on my Baltimore. So we're talking about reload mods, we're talking about concealment mods, uh, trying to get the concealment down as low as I can get it. Got the surveillance radar and my hydroacoustic search like I like it. And um, it was um, awful. It was downright awful. Um, and it still kind of is. I uh, In the data... It, that I update, um, we really haven't seen, mu or at least I haven't really seen much success with this cruiser. It has the lowest win rate out of any of my ships, and it's kind of embarrassing. This is the ship that's dragging down my win rate. Uh, it has a 33% win rate. Yeah, so it's I've been spending a lot of time quite figuring uh, how out how to play this ship. Uh, I've played. 18 battles in it, and I think within the last five battles, I finally figured out how to play this ship. And so you're not going to take that surveillance radar. No, 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 don't do that. That's for people who think that radar is good in this ship. It isn't. You should never get close enough in this sh or When you get close enough to use your radar in this ship, you're probably already dead. Honestly, whenever I think when I was using my radar for the first like 13 or so games, I think I got in range to actually use radar once maybe and i'm not just uh i'm not trying to play like badly i'm just trying to maintain a central position but there this ship is so big there's hardly any islands that it can fit behind i mean you have to stay really far back from the islands if you want to fire high explosive and if you you can go closer with your armor piercing but then there's hardly any islands gonna hide you and let you fire over it so yeah, there's that. So when you do find an island to hide behind, uh, if the enemy ships don't engage, um, if they're just sitting back sniping, you're never going to have a chance to do any damage because this thing only has a 14-kilometer range. And I think uh, with the spotting aircraft, it's like 18.5. That's why I take the spotting aircraft, so I can get that target while I'm closing the distance. It's, I don't use it for opening shots. I use uh, that time to get into position. But with uh, with the spotting aircraft up, you can hit fleeing targets and stuff like that. So it is very, very useful. And it does, I believe it does spot torpedoes. Uh, that used to be a mechanic. I don't know if they removed it or not. But um, it is uh, useful for spotting enemy ships over islands and stuff. And it, it, like, it doesn't quite work as well as radar would at that. But um, I really haven't needed to spot things over islands with this. That's more with my battleships. Um... 
This playstyle is very much Japanese. You're not going to sit behind islands, you're not going to go to the middle and maintain a central position, because that's just asking to get Citadel with the ship, which reminds me that I have neglected to go over its armor configuration. It is basically the same as the Baltimore, yeah, basically just the Baltimore at Tier 9, and I understand this is the same with the Des Moines, you still got that 27mm plating all around. Uh, pretty much everything is 27 millimeters, except for this little tiny armored belt that is 152 millimeters, and that just runs from the, uh, the forward superstructure to the aft superstructure. Actually, a good way to tell where the Buffalo's armor belt is if you're um, playing against an armor belt is take that forward 5-inch secondary turret that sits on this really high mount. It looks kind of strange. It's right in front of the bridge. That's about where the armor belt starts. It's at the waterline. And then it ends right about at the aft uh, secondary battery turret that's right after the bridge, just before the rear turrets. And that it ends right about where the barrels of that gun are. And if you shoot at that, you're at a more likely chance of ricocheting if you have a battleship that has, um, or if you're a battleship that has 16-inch um, guns. Uh, the Citadel is, quite frankly, massive. This is uncharacteristically large for a U.S. Navy heavy cruiser, and it is not protected by the armor belt. That is why this thing is so squishy. Uh, it has 27mm plating. Now, it is it is submerged a bit. The, for, the unprotected ends are submerged a bit. Um, but plunging fire and some close-range battleship fire, mm, yeah, they love your Citadel because they'll shoot straight through that 27mm plating, knock through it like it wasn't even there, and straight into the citadel. Yeah, so that's uh that's a lot of fun. Not really. But um it is fairly re resilient to anything that's not tier 9 or anything that's not American, Japanese or tier 9 battleships. Um yeah, so that's why you want to stay at long range, where you can use those rudder mods, because now I believe I have a 5.4 second rudder shift time, which is actually pretty good. Um, and it gives you time to dodge, because this ship is massive. It has a transom stern, which means there's flat, there's no armor angling, so even things that cannot overmatch your 27mm stern armor will be able to punch clean through it straight into your citadel. This plays a lot like an Omaha, actually. It's kind of funny. Uh, and I mean... Or I guess it doesn't play like an Omaha, but it, it kind of feels like an Omaha. And it's kind of funny because my Omaha has around the same win rate as uh, this ship. I don't like this ship pretty much at all. And I have had some good games in it. Uh, my best game in the Buffalo is 121,000 damage, which is not too shabby. And that's when I started using the build of a Japanese ship. You're going to go out way out in the flank... Or I guess not way out in the flank, but definitely out in the flank. And you're going to use your spotter plane and your high explosive, and you're just going to kite and make yourself a hard target to hit. It does have 12 point... Well, actually, since I don't have concealment mod on it, it does have a 12.3 kilometer detection range. Which, I admit, is not that great of a detection range. But it does allow you, when you're shooting at a range of, I believe, 15 kilometer, 15.6 kilometers top configuration, like I have my Buffalo, um... It allows you to fall off detection quite easily. And this ship isn't super slow. It has a top speed of 33 knots, so it can get around. And that allows you to become an annoying target. So shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, they're paying attention to me. Fall off detection as best you can. 
and then just kind of reposition or wait till they lose interest in you. Shoot, shoot, shoot again. And then that's basically how you get your damage in this ship. It's an interesting playstyle. It does not play like the Baltimore, or yeah, it does not play like the Baltimore. And I haven't played the Des Moines, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't play like the Des Moines either. Uh, both those ships are fairly small for a heavy cruiser, and they're low profile. This thing, the Buffalo, appears to have the freeboard of a Royal Navy ship. It is super high, um, uh, so it does like to sit on the flanks just because it's a big target, uh, and it's not that hard to to hit. It it's huge. That's my biggest problem with the ship. Both the Baltimore and the Des Moines are fairly uh, small targets, especially at range or behind an island. They're kind of hard to hit. But this thing is super tall. You can clip the superstructure really easily. And with plunging fire, it is a rather, it's a rather wide ship. Um, I think the Baltimore is about as wide, but um, it's super easy to citadel. So you're going to want to stay at range and um deal damage that way now you may notice my last episode was titled objectively better than the baltimore or than the buffalo uh uss baltimore and uh yeah it's i think i'd rather play a baltimore in a tier 10 battle than i would a buffalo the only thing the buffalo really has over the baltimore actually there's two things so, first thing is it's got more turrets. It's got one more turret and three more guns. The second thing it has over it, and I believe the biggest benefit that the Buffalo has, is that heal. That tier 9 cruiser heal. It's not the greatest heal, but it has saved my skin a few times. Um, that is very nice, and especially at range. You can fall off detection, and um, you'll be able to heal up and then re-engage. And the reason why you don't want to be sticking in those, or further reason why you don't want to stick around in islands is because the turning circle radius is 800 meters. And I forget what the Baltimore's turning circle radius is. Let me check real quick. It is 730 meters. So you have that extra 70 meters. And it may not seem like a lot, 70 meters, but boy, is does that make the difference between avoiding torpedoes and not avoiding torpedoes and avoiding shots and not avoiding shots. Um, while the rudder shift time is pretty good, it's a quick scope rudder, the, the turning circle radius makes it extremely hard to avoid shells and the large size of the ship. And there's me mentioning the large size of the ship again, yes, I know. But it, it does make a difference. And the... the Baltimore has a much better surface detection range than the Buffalo can. I believe it's almost a kilometer, or maybe, no, it is a kilometer better. And that, that makes a difference, because it's the difference between stealth radaring and not stealth radaring. And uh, it plays at tier 8, and, um, yeah, which means you'll see more 15-inch gun-armed battleships, which means you can bow-tank more battleships. The Buffalo, not so much. The Baltimore, if I would check i believe it has a much better protected citadel or at least a smaller one and let me check mm, sort of i guess yeah it has it has more of an armor belt and the baltimore is just a smaller more maneuverable ship i believe it's it's easier to manage versus the buffalo's gigantic enormous size I just, I can't quite get over how large 
the ship is. And I know people point at, like, the Riga and the Petropavlovsk and, like, oh, they're, like, bigger than most battleships. Yeah, but it's Soviet. <laughs> it's Soviet. You can't find a citadel on a Riga or a Petropavlovsk for anything. I was shooting at the belt armor with my armor piercing from a buff from my buffalo at a Riga, and I could not find the citadel on that thing. Um... It's fairly easy to find the citadel of the buffalo. You just kind of have to shoot at the side of it, and you'll find out real quick. And the buffalo, like I said, Transom Stern isn't that great at kiting. Um, it's definitely more dangerous kiting than it is Bowen. And it's really hard to turn in the buffalo. The rate of turn is abysmal. This thing will, like normally with the Baltimore... Or at least, if I remember correctly, if you got in a sticky situation, all you had to do was wait till the battleships fired, then you could easily turn around. Not with the buffalo. It seems like you're showing side for way too long. And then if you try to turn around, ooh boy, you're going to eat some citadels, and you better hope that they just miss. Uh, yeah, so it's a very, very difficult ship to play. And I'd imagine, since it does have a high alpha strike with its... um armor piercing and to a certain extent high explosive ammunition this isn't japanese high explosive but is it will get the job done for sure it does have a reasonably high skill cap i can imagine you could do very well with this ship but i have looked at world of warship statistics this has the lowest win rate one of the lowest average damage amounts per battle i believe the lowest maximum damage per battle and the lowest um survivability rate of any of the tier 10 cruisers or not tier 10, this is tier 9, Jaden. This is tier 9, you're not at the Des Moines yet. Um, but it, of the, any of the tier 9 cruisers, and that's really saying something, because you got the likes of, like, the Neptune, and that's a very, very fragile cruiser, and it has a higher survivability rate than the Buffalo does. So, uh, yeah, that's my advice for this ship. Just stay at range, don't bother with the islands, go full Euro build. Simply go out in the flanks and f just farm ships like any other cruiser would. This is not a special American ship. It has zero carrying potential. It is very much a support ship. Uh, it relies on being supported, which is partially why I have a really low um, win rate in this ship because it's a support ship, so my team just kind of dies. I remember the last game I played in this ship, we lost. I did 120. That was my best game was the last game. It was uh, we were, it was 6-6. Six, six. Uh, there were six ships left on each side and uh, roughly equal points. And we were going in for the last cap, and our team just decided to die. And so it was me and the Pomeran left, and then the Pomeran ate a bunch of torpedoes from a Drake. And it was just me, and there was like literally nothing I could do because I had a Musashi right behind me. I had Japanese Destroyer off to my starboard. And I had a, another buffalo off to my starboard. And to my port, I had... Oh, what did I have there? I had Aroma. So, yeah, I was royally screwed. Royally screwed. Um, yeah, so to prevent that, you stay at range. Because it's really easy to get overextended this ship. So just stay at range. Uh, run that spotter plane. Run all the rudder shift mods you can take. Uh, that'll get your dank five-second rudder shift time. And you should have some mild success in this ship. Don't expect any good games in this ship. Uh, maybe the ship will click with you. Maybe it won't. I don't find it to be a very good ship, and I'm hoping the Des Moines is far better. But that is it for this episode of Rank Amateur. Bit of a shorter one. Been running low on time lately. I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless, though. I had fun making it. This buffalo, eh, 
not the greatest ship, but it can be fun, especially when you just straight up alpha strike a Cleveland into oblivion. That is the rewarding part of having 12 guns. If you would like to reach out with me or to me for a, another ship review or any premium ship suggestions, I'm looking into getting some premium ships. Uh, looking into maybe getting the Dunkirk. I was also looking into getting the Exeter and then uh, our friend the Shorenhorst. But I might also get the Pomeran because I'm starting to accumulate more and more coal and I'm getting closer and closer to getting those uh, high tier premiums. So I'm looking at either the Pomeran or the Yoshino for those uh, premiums. So if I ever get those ships, you can expect a ship review. So email your suggestions to rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to read them and hopefully respond to you uh, very quickly. Uh, if you'd like to further support my podcast, you can donate at my website, uh, rank, no, it's anchor.fm slash rank amateur, or rank dash amateur, rather, and you can donate anywhere from, I think, 99 cents, 4.99, and then 9.99 per month, uh, that supports the podcast, and you can also buy rank amateur merchandise on the rank amateur store, that is linked below. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and until next time, captains!